0: Mental health is my wealth, the stress up on the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seeking and ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I will sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the
1: house know what I'm talking about. The
0: Big Silence. The big silence. All right, and welcome back again to the Big Silence podcast. Uh, my host, co-host, Bobby Goldstein is back.
2: Thank you for having me again.
0: If you missed Bobby, he hosted his first podcast just a few weeks ago and I was his guest. So Mm. give him an applause for doing such a good job. Thank you. (laughs) He was was nervous. It's a lot of pressure.
2: I know, and thanks for, for filling in when all the other guests canceled on me. I appreciate that.
0: So, today's guest is Kendra hall and i'll talk about her in a minute but i wanted to talk about something first because this right now is just a few days before the new year so let's talk resolutions bobby putting you on the spot what are your resolutions have you thought about them
2: yeah i think i'm gonna be more organized in 2023
0: i would love that
2: yeah gonna work on some cars that i have in the in the, in the garage sitting there
0: the dust collectors
2: yeah yeah <laughs> We're going to get those things running this year.
0: Do you have a fitness goal?
2: Fitness goal. Yeah. I was thinking of getting like a 12-pack or something.
0: That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you going to come work out with me?
2: Mm, I don't know if we really vibe on a physical fitness level.
0: I'm so much stronger, faster.
2: You always invite me, but then when I come and then I get into it, then you're like, oh, I don't like this. You're taking over my workout. I'm like, well, that's kind of, that's just me. That's how I work out.
0: Well, because you're like the all or nothing mentality and you just like go and you like push me out of the way. And like, if I have, if we go work out at the collective with Sandy, you're just asking her all the questions and then I don't get my workout in.
2: One major correction to this story I have never pushed you out <laughs> of the way in the gym.
0: That, that.
2: Is, is a little fibroony right there.
0: I don't mean physically push, emotionally. Does that make sense?
2: Got it. So my dominant masculine workout state of mind is emotionally crushing you at the gym. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right.
0: Well, so I'm glad you asked my New Year's resolutions. I am going to work out more toner up has a new challenge coming out, and that includes shadow
2: boxing, which I mm-hmm. think you would really like well, just show me into the ring,
0: <laughs> and yeah, obviously we uh I think through all the holidays it's just I just got back from traveling for ten days straight, so it was like eating meals out every time, so mm. Getting better on the food, hitting the gym, just all the normal things that everyone wants to do in the new year. Yeah. I'm well, going to get a little more organized too.
2: I mean, if you want a, you know, a hard workout, I'm willing to train you and give you one free session and then uh, coupon The thing
0: code. is, I don't want you to train me. I want you to like, you can be in the space without telling me to push harder, do better.
2: I, I, I don't think I do that at the gym either.
0: I stopped... I got frustrated at triathlons when you... That was the first
2: time we ever worked out (laughs) (laughs) together.
0: And you wanted to go on a run with me. And you were like, come on, open up those legs. Get them. You got to go faster, faster. I'm like, leave me alone. I'm going at
2: my own pace. I know. I, I just, I like to win.
0: Well, I'm not a competitive person. And even according to my personality test I took yesterday, I'm not a competitive person but I'm a hard worker.
2: Got it. Yeah. Didn't need that personality to test to know that you're not competitive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw me in pickleball. If you want to play oh, on yeah. the losing team, play, oh, be me on boy. my team.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to film a pickleball session <laughs> with you. All
0: right. Well, let's get into the podcast. Today's guest is Kendra Hall. We've been Email, DM buddies for many years from back when her uh, Stories That Stick book came out. And then this year, she has her book, Choose Your Story, Change Your Life. Kendra is amazing. So she is one of the top keynote speakers for conferences and large corporations. And she kind of like paved her way and created, found her, I'd say her things that she's good at, what's that word I'm thinking of?
2: Her skills, <laughs> skills. What her it?
0: Her strengths, Strength?
2: strengths, strengths, yeah.
0: and what she liked, and kind of paved the way for her career. And uh, this is a really fun conversation. Kendra is really fun, and we talk about mindset. One of the things I really liked that we talk about is confidence with our in our own lives, and then also confidence. In the workplace. And, you know, me even being like, I used to not have confidence to speak in front of my employees and stand in the conference room, but now I can stand on stage and speak to anyone. Uh, I can speak on a podcast. And we talk about having your voice and then also making sure your employees feel comfortable to speak to you or come to you with an idea. There's so many different things we talk about. We talk about bullying and how parents can speak to their children and how storytelling and sharing your stories. Can really be healing for everyone and more. So, enjoy the podcast. And as always, if you enjoy it, please share it with your friends, your family, anyone who may need to hear this. And of course, like us, follow us, download us on wherever you can listen to the podcast. All right, welcome to the podcast.
1: Andra Hall. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you. We were just chatting before this and talking about how I think we've tried to connect many times over the years. And I've read your first book, Stories That Stick. Yeah. And now the one that came out this year, Choose Your Story, Change Your Life. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I watch you on Instagram and your family and from a city to montauk and all of the adventures and i love your positivity
1: oh thank you i i think that you know sometimes you think is it positivity is my positivity okay <laughs> you know and i think that you know we are who we are and that's kind of the my place of being is somewhere right in the positivity realm, and so it's good to hear that that you enjoyed that part of me.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and we can just jump in. Like that's on social that I know you, but we were just chatting before this, and we decided we we're going to do a house swap. Just putting that out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Preferably in February. No, I'm just kidding. That wouldn't be fair. <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, Kendra lives in New York City. And are you dealing with the cold right now?
1: Yeah, it hasn't gotten uh, it hasn't gotten too cold. So I grew this is where I have a little bit of an advantage. I call New York City my third chapter. I grew up in Minnesota. So the cold, the snow, the everything that comes with that kind of weather, nothing really can compare to that. I spent I went to college up by Fargo. So even worse than Mm -hmm. like central Minnesota. And then I went moved to Phoenix. So I spent about 15 years in Phoenix. I mean, from Minnesota, you would understand why from the, you know, the heat and everything that comes with Phoenix. And so to be in New York, I really appreciate the moderate, you know, 40 degrees. It's No big deal. It's great. Yeah. I'm from Indiana. So, oh,
0: see, but then There's you know, no turned 18, I was like, California,
1: yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> turn, then, and then turned whatever. And you're like, well, turn, let's go with Texas, <laughs> yeah, turned 40. It's like, Err. yeah, back yeah. to kind
0: of Midwest vibes, kind of California vibes, and yeah.
1: yeah, me right there in the middle. I
0: love it, yeah, the transitions of life. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've really stands out to me about you is confidence and mindset. And I think that's a big thing because even when I was younger and even when I started my company, Tone It Up, I don't think I had a lot of confidence, even speaking in front of our team Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And it was, of course, an internal story I was telling myself. And then through lots of work and therapy and books. You know, now I'm now able to speak in front of thousands like you do.
1: Um, Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. So
0: maybe starting, I always like to find out who little Kendra was as a little Uh, girl.
1: You know, I think that I always knew even when I was younger that and even into like through college and or high school and college that I was. Different than like I was just I don't know if it was like louder or more eccentric, but I from you know the if you're looking at the line of what is considered like appropriate or normal in in your youth, Mm -hmm. right? I was always kind of like on the fringe of that. When I talked, my eyebrows always moved more than they should, and I would get more excited than I should. And and when you're younger and kind of trying to find your way of like, who am I? Where do I fit? It was challenging, you know, like bullied and, and all of that. But interestingly, right at that time, and I can say this now because I have a sixth grader and I have a fifth grader. Mm-hmm. And I told my first story when I was in fifth grade, I like found this thing and it was like a light switch went off. And even though I still didn't quite fit in with, especially in middle school, it was the disaster. I would, Do different storytelling performances or tell stories at my church or started auditioning for plays. I kind of had a place for that to go. And that was helpful in embracing because the rest of my friends were playing sports or they were, you know, they fit into the different nice categories. There wasn't really a category for a storyteller. And it wasn't until, you know, I got into, gosh, I would even say like right out of graduate school that I finally accepted that, okay. uh, this is what I am. This is who I am. And yes, there isn't really a place for this that me and so I'm going to have to create my own space.
0: So can we go back to you being bullied for being different, eccentric, and you have children now at that age. What would your advice be to parents whose kids are, I don't like using the word different because we all should be our own individuals and we're all unique, but advice for because I I have a lot of friends right now who have kids your age and the bullying is starting.
1: It's hard to. So one of the things I talk and teach a lot about is the middle of the story, which is where you're like things still aren't making sense. You're trying to get your bearings, and so it's a it's a challenging question that you ask <laughs> right now because I'm literally. Like I picked my son up from school yesterday who's in sixth grade. And, you know, we're in New York City. So we walk everywhere. So we had we we're walking home. We had to run an errand. And um he was telling me about this kid at school. And fortunately, they taught they there is a lot of talk about bullying now. Whereas mm-hmm. like when I was growing up, it wasn't really a thing that a lot of people knew or were aware of or hypersensitive to. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to help him because he is, he's not the, and everybody's different, but he's not your typical sixth grade boy who loves football and soccer or any of those things. So I would say what worked really well for me growing up was not ignoring that it, there is kind of a standard or an acceptable way to be when you're in middle school or however old you are. Don't deny that this is, this is a reality and everyone's trying to navigate it. I remember having uh, safe spaces to go, communities that I could be a part of that my parents had tapped into that where who I was was completely acceptable. So I remember in middle school, we were we did a lot of church going when I was younger. So it was like church on Wednesdays, church on Sundays, church in between, like that was our whole community. And I didn't go to the church where all of my friends went to church. So I had this outside place where I was loved and cherished and cared for and respected and could be myself. And then, you know, as I got older, then yeah, then there was auditioning for the plays. And so there there again was a community. So places where you can feel very much yourself that may be separate from the community at middle school. And then something that we do a lot in, in our own home is storytelling, storytelling back to the kids, because this isn't, you know, they had challenges in second grade, they had Mm -hmm. challenges in first grade. So now he's in sixth grade. And so me being the storytellers, I've kind of cataloged a lot of those other challenges that he's faced and come through on the other side of when he's had problems with whether it was bullies or friendships or moving to a new place and to retell him those stories and remind him. Because here's what happens we go through these adversities, we get to the other side, we become stronger, we learn the lessons. And then what happens is that new normal becomes normal and so we forget what it felt like before we had that evolution and so going back and reminding him like hey do you remember when this and this happened do you remember this kid do you remember that time that we had to go in and you know and so I revisit all of that with him and also show him or my daughter how we got to the other side of that how right now essentially he's in the middle of this story and we can't wait to see how this one turns out
0: Yeah, I mean, and trust me, and I'm sure you tell them, when you're 40, 30, 40, 50, 60, there will be challenges. And that's okay, Uh because there's a lesson that we learn from all of those. And I think it's so important, too, to be like, okay, have that confidence. Be like, okay, here's another challenge. I'm going to be okay. I got this. This is life. I never was told it was like life was over as a kid when there were challenges. You know, didn't want to be here. I didn't see the light at the end. I didn't see the lesson. So I think it's so important talking about that now.
1: Well, and I think too, as you're, as you're saying this, there's another aspect of it. So it's telling your the kid, and whether or not you're a parent, maybe you're an aunt, maybe you're an educator, maybe you're a coach and you have this experience with your children. Don't underestimate the importance, the roles that you play, each one of those roles, right? So even if you're not a parent, this if you're around children of, for any reason, these are strategies for you. So telling the child their stories back to them is really important. Telling your stories to them is important. Like my son sees my husband fully developed, never had, never faced any of the challenges that my son is facing. I never did, right? Like, and so if you never... Connect those dots for them, they feel very, you feel very alone. You feel like an island. You feel, and the same is true for us as adults. Like, I love hearing when somebody else is like, oh my gosh, I am struggling right now. And I'm like, oh wait, I'm not the only one who's struggling right now, whether it's a female entrepreneur or whether it's whatever it is. What a perfect opportunity for the stories from your youth that were hard, that were challenging, or that maybe you even behaved in a way that now you wish you hadn't maybe you were the bully who knows right to tell those stories back to to tell your own stories back to your kids to equip them so that they know yeah the the world doesn't end and then the last story is in the present moment as adults when you face like you said when you become an adult you're not free of challenges don't I mean work through them and not all challenges are appropriate for children we know that so you mm-hmm. get to choose if it's pg pg13 or whatever it is but don't be afraid to share present day stories with them i had an incident a while back where and i've been very fortunate i have great people in my life like there's not a lot of nonsense and because i just i don't know i don't know how to i don't know how to do nonsense and that's just <laughs> i like that yeah and i'm fortunate then because there aren't a lot of nonsense i just don't really we just never really find each other but i was in this unique situation where It was an environment of nonsense. And I got mean girled like at 41 years old, like secret know. text messages and like three-way calls and like Instagram blocking. But, and I was <laughs> I had yeah. no idea what to do. Like my, I had And so after I kind of worked through it, not in the raw moment, I did, I was with the kids and I have a, daughter too and I said you guys aren't gonna believe what happened like mm-hmm. mama got mean girled and my daughter was fascinated by it and to hear how I worked through it and how I handled it and it was also then an opportunity for her to open up whereas she hadn't really before about some of her female relationship challenges so the power so there there are three different kinds of stories. You know, see, you're, we're going to get one question in and I apologize in (laughs) advance for that, or maybe it's too late, but three ways that storytelling can help in those scenarios. So tell the kids their stories back to them, tell them your stories from your youth, and then stories as they happen to you now as an adult, once you've worked through them, share those stories too.
0: So how can you identify what a harmful self-story is and then be able to turn these bad stories? Like, how do you shift your mindset? Like, how can you recognize harmful self-talk and then shift it?
1: Well, I think the first thing to know is don't beat yourself up about harmful self-talk, first of all, Mm -hmm. because it is part of our DNA. Like we are, and I'm not the first person to say this. I will not be the last person to say this, but we are programmed our ancient selves to tell ourselves negative stories to keep us safe. Now, the threats have changed, right? Like we're not about to be eaten by lions or poisonous Mm -hmm. berries, right? Like the threats become putting ourselves out there. It's sending out an email or asking to be on stage or speaking up in a meeting, whatever it is, but our, our bodies still respond by telling us negative stories that are like, hey, you're in danger, you're in danger, you're in danger, be aware of that. So I think that's an important thing. Like this is part of our biology. Don't beat yourself up about it. But now you know, and the other thing is we are not unable to override our biology. We just <laughs> have to be conscious of it, right? We have to be we have to be conscious of that automatic telling of negative stories. so one of the ways that and that that's the essential part that's the essential first step in making a difference with the stories you tell yourself is being able to catch the negative self stories in action. And typically what happens is we don't even see the stories at first. What we see, or maybe even what we feel is that is our limiting beliefs, like Mm -hmm. these blocks, these barriers, these, I can't do this, or I'm not capable of this, or that will never happen for me, or I'm unlucky, or even good things come to an end for me, like, oh, the bad things come in threes. And so they become these like overarching statements that we just don't even question. So I would say that's, and then those are built on on our old stories. So I would say that is, that's the first thing is, okay, anytime you feel yourself saying, well, Or if you if you struggle with comparison, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it'd be really easy to look at you and be like, I could never do that. I could never do that. I could never do that, right? All the success that you've had. And then the next thing is, okay, wait, let's pause that negative.
0: Because I definitely used to say, I will never be anything. I will never amount to anything. I will never be happy. I will never be successful in whatever my definition of success is. But then I would think that was when I shifted my story. And that was through me doing one thing that... Changed my life. I accomplished one thing. I signed up for a triathlon and I actually crossed a finish line. And then I was like, I did that. I can keep going.
1: See, and that is that right there is what it's all about. Right. And I'm sure you have many examples in your life or you had of that I will never be happy. I will never be of moments where you were unhappy and you couldn't, people all around you seemed happy and you couldn't get there. And we can believe those stories, but we can also believe like, oh, I can cross a finish line. I can accomplish something challenging. And I think the real secret then is not even so much about recognizing the stories that are holding you back. While that is important, it's more important to then be very conscious and intentional Mm -hmm. about finding the stories that move you forward, that you can retell to yourself. Like you can likely tell that triathlon story to yourself anytime. You're like, this is too hard. I can't do it. Right. You can take yourself all the way back to the swim or running when your feet were wet. I don't know how people do it. How you felt in those last couple miles where of riding the bike where you're like, I'm, I'm not going to finish this. And and see your current self in that story and then remind yourself that you cross that finish line. You know, you meant, yeah. oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I wanted. so someone for you being uh, unique as a child and finding your strengths. So someone's listening who's like, I, I have a vision, I found my strengths, but I don't have enough confidence to forge a new path. How did you forge this new path? Because now you're the superstar of Spe- a keynote speaking to every major global brand
1: well, well, it's it's such a funny thing because the and you mentioned confidence before, and I think confidence is such a it's such a mysterious concept, mm-hmm. right? Because from the outside, it looks one way. And from the inside, it feels very different. And confidence, for me is something that ebbs and flows. It comes and goes. It's situational. It is like a confidence that maybe I thought I had sometimes can flare uh, like a flare up and be like, Oh, I'm not confident there. So again, it goes back to confidence is something that comes, it comes from within, which sounds like a magnet quote, but it literally, it is inside of you. Your ability to develop confidence in something is in the stories within yourself. So For example, if you are, let's say you're at a crossroads, you found, as you mentioned, you found what your strengths are, but you're afraid to start something and you're kind of, and so you lack confidence because of that. I want you to pause for a moment and take a look back on your life. And when are the various times you have started something new? Mm -hmm. Now, It may not be as big as a huge life change or starting, leaving a job and starting out on your own, but maybe it was going to a different. Fitness class. Like maybe you were, or maybe you'd never been in a gym before. You'd never take it, you'd never run a mile, except for that one time when they make you do it once a year in school. And, and even then, you, hate you like hate it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, or maybe it was moving to a new place or your first day of school, or because we we have all done something new before. Mm. And going back to that story. And reliving those so in stories that stick. I talk about what makes a compelling story. Reliving those emotions, seeing the mm-hmm. moment. Like I can still remember when I think about it, what the gymnasium looked like in first grade when I moved to a new school and sitting down, and everybody seemed to know each other because they'd all been there in kindergarten. And this girl, Katie, said. I'll be your friend. And she had a kangaroo backpack, right? Like I can go back to how I was feeling in that moment and the kindness that a friend showed me. And we ended up being friends only for those like 20 minutes in the gymnasium, but it didn't like it was. So take some time to go back, make a list of the times that you've done something new because you're still here. You survived that something new and whether you continue to pursue that path or not is really irrelevant, right? You did something new and so you can do it again. And that is one way that you can build confidence is through those stories.
0: I definitely agree with that. As I have the past 10 years, I've had to do a lot of things where I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. and But that's what has even built my own confidence and coming from a very shy little girl who would never want to be on stage, who would never want to speak in front of anyone. But it's like, okay, I push myself and that's so important. And then you're like, like you said, like I survived.
1: Wow. Yes. And to also then, and if you know that this is something that you, you're aware of your own lack of confidence in whatever moments it is, I think it's, that's such an important part of this whole process is self-awareness of your own mindset, of your own emotions, of your own feelings of lack or whatever it may be to proactively always be looking for stories you can tell yourself. So for example, I had to, I was at an event and I think it's funny because I still, so I'll tell you this and I seem like I would be the most confident speaker there ever. wasn't for the most part, I've been doing it enough and that I spend a lot more time in a comfortable, joyful place than I do racked with, fear, and self-doubt. However, I was asked to speak at an event a while ago, and I was going to give my keynote, which is a keynote that I know. I know the audience. I change it up for the audience. It's fine. And then they wanted me to come in and do like a little pre-thing for their top sales leaders the day before. And the way they talked about it in our planning, it was just like stopping in to this meeting, saying, hi, I'm so excited to see you tomorrow in the main session. I get there, literally walk into the room. There is 400 people in the room, not like 15, okay? And they're like, okay, so you have 45 minutes. Oh. So, and I freaked out like quietly in my soul. My armpits started sweating. Like it was so intense and to my great benefit, I didn't have time to, I was standing. They were announcing me right then. Now, if they told me that the night before, I would have lost my mind. It would have been, it would have been very bad. But I just happened to have the benefit in that moment of not knowing in advance. Anyway, so I get up there and I'm like, I'm just going to lean into what I know, which is telling stories. So what stories could this audience, and obviously these people didn't tell me in advance that it was 45 minutes and 400 people. So they're going to get what they get. I just told a bunch of stories. It was awesome. The next day, I did my keynote and that went great too. And after my keynote, people came up and we were signing books and everything. And every single person who had been in the room the first day, the surprise day said, you know, I loved your message today, but yesterday, oh my gosh, yesterday was so amazing person after person after person. And so I decided in that moment I'm like okay there's a story here. So the next time I'm doing something new because I don't like doing new things. I like doing the same thing over and over again, right? Like I I go to Soul Cycle, I go to the same instructor and I really don't want to change. I like right? Like I'm like yeah. nervous to try new things. Yeah. So I had to do recently another event where they needed something different than What I typically do is the third time I'd been working with them, and I could feel the lack of confidence, the self doubt, like bubbling up in me, and I could feel my nervous. However, you feel when you get when you lack that confidence, and like I wasn't sleeping, and I was so nervous about it. And then I went back and told myself the story of the surprise day when I had to give a forty five minute presentation that I didn't prepare for whatsoever, and how that presentation actually went over better than the one that I know how to do in my sleep. So I told myself. That story, and was able to not bring to the stage any of that crippling self doubt, that fear Mm -hmm. with this event that I did.
0: Yeah. And now you can do anything. You can go on stage and empower humans (laughs) just like that. Exactly. It was, yeah, I've had recently, I had to go to a boardroom and it was just me representing my company. And I was talking to other execs. And it's like the night before, I was like, okay call me in the morning, text me, give me any more advice. And they're like, you don't need any, just be you. And so when you can just be like, I was like, oh, okay, I'll just be me. Like I think we can get out of our heads and or in our heads too much and too many thoughts and telling ourselves the bad stories, like it's too much pressure. But really, if you can just be you and share your story.
1: That is the most important thing. That's the number when someone says, what's your number one piece of advice if somebody wants to be a speaker be on stage, I said, just sounds trite, but it's so true. Just be you. Anytime I, and when I was first getting started, I wanted to be all these other people because I saw other people being successful. I was worried about, I was worried that the people in the audience wouldn't like the person that I was and the events where I am the most myself are the ones that are magical. So yeah.
0: What would advice be for say someone in the workplace who is shy. An employee could be from junior level to senior executive, but is nervous about even speaking to their team or somebody in a junior role or even an intern. And they have an idea, but they don't have the confidence. And they have this brilliant idea and they know it, but they don't have the confidence to speak in front of their team and share their ideas. Because I've been there. Where I get, yeah. I mean, even as the founder of a company, originally I was like, oh my gosh, I have to speak in front of my team. Now yeah. I'm, I'm good with that, and I love it. But you know, it takes a lot of personal lessons.
1: There's a couple of different ways to go with this. Now, again, I think that there's, you know, we all have different personalities. So again, we're, I'm not by any means saying like you should be me or you should be this, right? Like, so yeah. we're all like, when, even when I teach storytelling. I talk about it, I'm like, now. keep in mind, I am a very, this is who I'm very expressive. I'm very, and it would look weird if that's not who you are for you to suddenly be like overly expressive, right? So again, be you. However, if this is, when you have a good idea and you know, it needs to be shared and you need that boost. Think about the. Take some time again and assess what are the things that are holding you back? Like, what are the stories you're telling yourself? Is it, well, I don't have enough experience. They're not going to want to hear what I have to say. Well, then go back in your life. And this is something, and in the book, Choose Your Story, I lay out like a four-step process for how we choose better stories to change our lives. And the fourth step is to like actively do this. So set aside, if you know you have a meeting coming up and you're afraid that you're going to chicken out and not share the idea that you have, take 20 minutes beforehand to go back through and find the stories that you need to tell yourself in order to say what you need to say. So look back through another time in your life where you didn't have experience, but you naturally showed up. And as a result, Things got done, and maybe again that was on a sports team. Maybe it was with your your family. I'm not really sure. Go back through your life, and here's a, another strategy: and look at other times where you didn't speak up. You were in that situation. You let the moment pass, and either you suffered consequences. Maybe you were passed over for a promotion, and that frustration over it like really got you down. Maybe it wasn't what happened to you, but the direction the team decided to go turned out to be a total flop and a waste of time, energy, money. People weren't served in the way that they should be. Go back and tell yourself that story because sometimes telling ourselves the stories of the things that we wish we had done differently are motivation enough to give us the confidence that we need to be able to do it the right way this time. And in that way, any mistake, this is, and again, it goes back to, there's no such thing as a failure. It's a lesson, but only if you actually learn from the lesson and by tapping back into that story and using it to drive the behavior that you desire then you can you can move it from a failure to an actual lesson and beyond
0: so you're so wise in all of this and the confidence and the storytelling and you do such amazing things but was it the first like you go from a fifth grade class and telling a story and then to stage Like, what was that process like? Because I think it's not like it was just an overnight thing that every company wants Kendra Hall to speak. I think it's important, too, because a lot of people will even look at my life and be like, oh, overnight success. I'm like, what? Yeah. No.
1: (laughs) In fairness, I remember being like a child and singing in like the Christmas concert. I was like five years old. and singing in the Christmas concerts in front of the room of people running back to my chair and being so excited. I remember like biting my jacket with excitement and leaving, leaving that night and telling my mom, I want to do that again. So in all fairness, the speaking that I was on the speech team in high school, in college, in my sales roles, like being on a stage is a, um, again, we're all, we all are different. And that's a very natural place for me to be. And it always has been. So in terms of that, That wasn't necessarily what I had to work on, where I lacked the confidence was in the things that I needed to say Mm. and the thing I wanted to share. And so like my whole life, I sound so confident now sitting here talking to you about storytelling and the importance of the stories we tell ourselves or, you know, and stories Mm. that stick, like how stories, but I tried to run from that. I went to the National Storytelling Festival with my mom. I was a freshman in college. I had won a contest my senior year of high school, and the grand prize was you got to tell at the National Storytelling Festival, which you probably don't even know they have. I haven't heard of that. I know, exactly. (laughs) So... So I was at the festival and there are all these storytellers there and there's like 15,000 people in circus tents come and they listen to these storytellers. And I was in college. I was going to school for communications and I didn't really know what marketing was, but that's what I wanted to do. And my mom came with me and we were in the like shuttle van going back to the airport and she looked at me and she's like, you know, Kendra, this is something you could do. You could be a storyteller. And I'm like, What? What You're I'm going to tell like, stories I, for the rest of my life? A, yeah, right. <laughs> so that's that's not even a thing. And so I just kept, and all the way, you know that I I mean I left college. I went to grad school because I didn't know what job to get because I was not accepting. I was not confident that stories would have any value for. How do you make that a job? It's just not even a. It just I sounded dumb if I said that to anyone. And I got a job in sales and marketing because that felt like what it should be. And I remember I actually wrote this story once my high school boyfriend reached out to me. We had kept in touch and I was at my, you know, my job. It was sales, marketing. I felt so cool. And he reached out to me. He was just like applying for a law school or a law firm. And he wondered if I would be a reference. And I said, oh yeah. And He said, and what would you want your title to be? Now he knew, cause I was in, on the speech team in high school telling stories. So he knew that storytelling was like a part of my life. And I was like, oh, yeah, just write down VP of sales and marketing. And he said in like an email, he's like, okay, I thought storytelling expert might be better. Could I put that down? And I had this, like, I remember being in my car. Luckily, I was parked and like collapsing in on myself. And like where, why had I not believed in what I was actually supposed to be doing. And so I think that is where, and so now like anytime I get a little sign that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, whether it's speaking or whether it's writing or whatever it is, it's always storytelling for me, a little sign that there needs to be a story, a little sign that people still need to hear about stories. I, those are the stories I collect to build my confidence to keep. I mean, there's even a point, not that many months ago where I was like, maybe it's time for me to start like, not, something different, but maybe I need to, no, no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing.
0: I love that. And in relation to the big silence, because the big silence is all the things that people don't want to talk about, the things they hold inside. And part of it is sharing your story because the more that we can share our stories and our backgrounds and our, just our history and what we've been through and worked through, the more we all connect and that's how we get to know each other. So I think even as a professional storyteller, like you are opening up others to express themselves more and it's a gift. You're actually you're helping a lot of people through what you're doing. You're not just on stage telling your story, you're encouraging others to share theirs and making them feel more comfortable to say this and so you're doing a lot of good in the world through what you're you're, you're
1: making me emotional. So see, <laughs> now I can, I, I mean, I remember one woman in particular was at a storytelling event and she told the story of the saddest thing that ever happened to her. And she had, to, she told the story. It was something that had happened many years before, but I remember sitting in the audience and you're hearing it anew, right? I'd never heard it before. And sitting there, with the awareness that I had been given the most incredible gift because should I ever face or when I do the saddest thing that has ever happened to me and whether or not it's the same sad thing. And certainly if it was that I could think back to her story Mm -hmm. and that moment and, she was on the other side of it and know that there was hope for me. And it became, and it still is like a little secret life jacket that isn't inflated, that is in the back of my mental history, right? So that should I ever, but she could have never told that story because I mean, I can't even imagine the, what it took to share that moment with a room full of strangers. But I really do believe that when, it, when it's time, I mean, again, when you're in the middle of the story, it may not be time to tell it. And that's totally okay, too. Um, But when it is, like, what a gift it can be for people.
0: Yeah. And so that woman, by telling her story, it healed her to share. Mm -hmm. And then it passed along to you and everybody else in that room to then have that tool of thinking back of her story. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's really a beautiful story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well and each of us are yeah. too I think that that's so many people don't believe they have a story to tell and the reality is like there just isn't a story too small that mm-hmm. you know too big or too small like to to be human is to experience stories all day every day and then yeah it's always my hope that once we start, when you start seeing That what an incredible world it is! Like that's my favorite thing. I'm like, oh, it's like the other day I was on a flight and it got, or I was about to be on a flight and the flight got canceled. I got moved and I've now gotten into such a practice of saying, oh, well, I wonder what story is in store for me. Like, who knows? (laughs) Who knows how this story is going to turn out? It's been a much better way to live and operate in the world than oh, this always happens to me. When am Mm -hmm. I ever going to get out? Now I do that sometimes too, but. I'm getting better at. I wonder what story's coming.
0: Yeah. Definitely instead of it's you know the phrase it's happening to it's not happening to me it's happening for me.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. All those canceled flights these always, days. <laughs> always, I know. I, but it ended up, oh my gosh, and I'm not going to get into the magic of those canceled flights, but this maybe it was because I was excited about what stories would happen, but the most incredible things happened. Like I sat next to the most amazing people on those two flights. Like, I will remember that flight for the rest of my life. And if I had stayed on the flight that it was meant to be, like, who knows, right? Like, I was meant to be on these flights, even though it wasn't the flights I had chosen.
0: Yeah. So, Kendra, what's to come? Is there any, do you ever speak publicly?
1: I know, isn't that crazy? The nature of my is that I am almost always always exclusively speaking for companies corporate events and so it is for their audiences versus me speaking like for the public where you can buy a ticket I don't think I've ever done that maybe in the future in, well i now i'm <laughs> starting to think like i think that it's a little crazy because like i said i don't like doing new things but i'm feeling but going like outside be, of your
0: comfort zone <clears> is good
1: <throat> Mm -hmm, I know so here I am right like here I am like just my toes like up at the edge like okay what so I'm thinking one of the things I think I'm gonna do and Karina you can tell me what you I think I might start going it sounds so silly but it's a big deal to me like going live once a week on Instagram and just telling a story that could be a good thing to do right yeah you can do that I'm gonna check in on you it's a so very I'm like, okay, I'm so I, I'm saying it out loud and yeah. now I'm like, oh, that's a new thing. I haven't done that before. And I see my future like hosting events and workshops for people who are ready to work on the stories in their lives for whatever reason it may be to bring them into this like story forward approach.
0: Yeah. Well, Kendra, I appreciate you spending the time here and the work that you do. And it is very purpose-driven. And how wonderful that so many of the teams and employees of great companies bring you in so that you can share with them and enhance their lives. So,
1: Thank you for having me and for the work that you do. I'm so excited, as you were sharing before we got started, so excited about what is coming for you and the difference that you're going to make in so many people's lives of course you already do but i can't wait to watch and you know however you need help to help with uh what's ahead of course
0: all right thank you thank you for joining us today and every wednesday if you or anyone you know needs help now text Hero to 741 741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir. The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. One, two, three, sing it. Here's to radical self-love. The type of love that will defeat anxiety. The type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in. To be who you already are The
1: Big Silence Breathe in, breathe out